Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. This is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Luke Adand, and in this episode, we are returning to the animated series to discuss the Emmy-winning episode, How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. This is the one where, as the Enterprise is following a trail of disrupted matter left behind by a probe that scanned Earth's system, sent out a signal into space and then self-destructed, they come across a ship whose cloak that their helmsman, Ensign Walking Bear, recognizes as Kukulkan, the winged feathered serpent god worshipped by the Aztecs and the Mayans. And after Kukulkan surrounds the Enterprise with a force field and then transports Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, and Ensign Walking Bear over to the ship, the four discover an ancient city that looks like an amalgam of ancient civilizations from around the world. They deduce that Kukulkan had visited the various cultures of Earth and given them instructions to build cities so that one day he would return. Since none of the ancient civilizations got it right, that's why he never returned. And after realigning four totems at the bottom of a pyramid in order to send out a subspace signal, the winged serpent itself appears and claims to be their master and admonishes them for straying from the path they set. He then transports the crew to a menagerie of various alien creatures trapped in cages, one of which is a Capellan power cat. And after Spock frees the Enterprise from the force field and Kirk and McCoy free the power cat as a diversion, a subdued Kukulkan listens to Kirk and company, lets them go, and we get our King Lear reference to end the episode. Kukulkan, I think we've earned the right to be heard. You continue to take advantage of me, but I agree. Speak. You think of us as being small creatures like this one. Are we really that inferior to you? No, but the violence of your kind surpasses even that of the power cat. We'd be fools if we didn't know that. But we also have been using our minds and trying to learn to live in peace. Because we have minds, we can't be what you wanted us to be. If we fail or succeed, it has to be our own doing. Intelligent life is too precious a thing to be led by the nose. But you are my children. I hoped I could teach you, help you. You did, long ago, when it was needed most. Our people were children then. Kuklakan, we've grown up now. We don't need you anymore. I will let you go your own way. I have already done what I can. Interesting, Captain. The creature was the Mayan god from the ancient legends. And the Toltecs Quetzalcoatl, the Chinese dragon, and all the rest. But not quite a god, just an old lonely being who wanted to help others. Spock, I wouldn't suppose that Vulcan has legends like those. Not legends, Doctor. Fact. Vulcan was visited by alien beings. 
They left much wiser. The other ship is getting underway, sir. Heading away from Earth. It's sad. Think what we could have done with his knowledge, but the price was just too high. I think I know how he felt, Jim. There's a line from Shakespeare. Yes, Bones, I remember it. How sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth was written by Russell Bates and David Wise. While the latter was already an animation veteran, having started in his teens, the former was a full-blooded member of the Kiowa First Nation. Having pitched a few ideas to DC Fontana for episodes involving parasites, DC asked him to come up with an episode involving the little men from the stars that are mentioned in indigenous legends. Around the same time, the infamous Chariots of the God book had come out and popularized the crackpot theories of aliens building the pyramids in Egypt and were the architects of ancient civilizations. Jumping off of that, as well as the season 2 episode of TOS, Who Mourns for Ateneus, Bates and Wise came up with an episode that, aside from a few minor suggestions from Gene, was made almost unchanged from the original script, which in Wise's experience almost never happens, especially in animation. In regards to the similarity between this and the previously mentioned Who Mourns for Ateneus, it was less a ripoff and more of a tribute to Gene L. Kuhn, one of the key writers and producers on TOS, that helped to shape Star Trek into what it became and was a close friend of Bates. Kuhn had passed away only a year earlier at the age of 49, due to lung cancer that he was only diagnosed with a week earlier. Thus, the episode has an extra poignancy to it with that knowledge. As for the episode itself, this is an episode I've wanted to cover for being, I feel, the best indigenous representation in the franchise. Speaking for me personally, after having worked at Eagle Vision for the last few years here in Winnipeg and becoming more aware of the issues the indigenous nations deal with, I've become particularly sensitive to indigenous representation on screen. And for a franchise that prides itself with infinite diversity and infinite combinations, one representation that they've dropped the ball on routinely is with indigenous representation. For me, the worst episode of the original series was the season 3 episode, The Paradise Syndrome, in which Kirk gets amnesia on a planet with a pre-warp civilization that's a mishmash of various Native American tribes, teaches them irrigation, which is particularly insulting since indigenous nations wouldn't have existed to begin with if they hadn't figured out irrigation long ago, and at one point we have William Shatner in stereotypical Native American wardrobe yelling to this guy, I am Kirok! Not to mention the indigenous woman he marries and impregnates dies at the end of the episode. This for me was more offensive than Spock's Brain or And the Children Shall Eat, which by comparison are enjoyably bad episodes. And as for Voyager, with the character of Chakotay, the series rather infamously had an indigenous consultant that they refer to when writing for Chakotay, who was a complete fraud, and the episodes that did focus on Chakotay were often the worst episodes of the series. And my pick for the worst episode of Voyager is the season 2 episode Tattoo, which has Chakotay discover the Sky Spirits, who had visited Earth thousands of years ago and genetically bonded themselves with the rubber tree people of Chakotay's First Nation. Saying that an indigenous nation's culture was given to them by aliens, to me, is way more offensive than the warp 10 salamander babies in Threshold. At least with How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth, the implication was that Kukukon visited all of the ancient civilizations on Earth and that no one of them got it exactly right. Thus, they ended up creating their own unique culture. And the only other indigenous representation in modern Trek that we've seen so far was Michael Grayeyes in the season 4 episode of Discovery, The Examples, where he plays a prisoner. So, yeah... 
By comparison, Ensign Walking Bear is still the best example of indigenous representation we've seen in the Star Trek franchise, and I hope that in the future, we can get another indigenous main character on a Star Trek series, but with more care and actual respect given to the character and the nation they represent. And to close out the episode and reiterate from the previous season, this episode was the one submitted for Best Animated Series at the Daytime Emmys and won the first Emmy for the Star Trek franchise. And when Filmation's president, Lou Scheimer, went up and accepted the award at the 1975 Daytime Emmys, which was held on a yacht, he was completely drunk because his son had mistakenly overheard that they had lost the Captain Kangaroo in their category, to which Lou went, great! Pressure's off of us, let's enjoy ourselves, I'm heading to the bar. And I sorely wish I could play that acceptance speech here, but I can't find the footage of that anywhere. And that's it for our one visit to the animated series. Join me tomorrow when we return to the Berman era of Trek with a season 2 episode of The Next Generation that I feel deserves to get more love and attention. Live long and prosper, and also, live well. (laughs) 